What's up, everybody? This is We've Got to Talk About. This is your girl, Caitlin. And Maya. We're talking about Greek life in college, um, specifically more like one college. Oh, because... weren't we going to do um, Harry Potter and Game of Thrones? Wait, is that what we're doing today? Yeah. Girl, I had all my notes going for like, a <laughs> discussion about Greek life and the college system. I was ready to break it down. I have my articles ready. I felt like Maya today. Anyway. That's wow. Save it upcoming episode we're talking about harry potter and game of thrones today yes girl i know that i'm a mess today you guys this is all just a perfect example of what maya's seen in the last like five to ten minutes of me trying to get my life together <laughs> we also this is like the earliest we've ever recorded um and i was also like half asleep g- coming in here which is why i was like i don't want to do something like i hate you because you're so cute right now you look like you've been like up and she's like made her smoothie and breakfast (laughs) like probably had a little mini like yoga session i don't even know if that's what you do in your mornings i'm just saying no like that so kudos to you thank you (laughs) yeah you guys before we hit record i was telling my i just got caught up on netflix i turned it on thinking i was just gonna watch a show of glee with my morning coffee as I got ready to meet Maya and that didn't happen. I went down a Netflix hellhole of a movie and then put on movie number two. And there's no reason why I should be watching this trash. But then as I watched it- Oh, you watched you watched almost two movies this morning? Yes, I have both <laughs> I'm looking at it on my TV right now. I did not know that's what you meant. I thought you like saw the trailer and you were like, you got like deep into, cause I do this thing where I'll go on Netflix sometimes and I'll just watch, like I'll click on them. And you know how if you hover, it'll show you the trailer. I'll just like hover over shows for like an hour. You know what? I feel you. And then when I do that, my TV normally starts showing me really pretty images of like random places that I'll never visit, but will always be thinking about visiting because, you know, <laughs> we can do that now, I guess. Yeah. So that's going to happen probably in like 15 minutes. Anyway, you guys. So yeah, special episode, Harry Potter, Game of Thrones. What? Ah! Okay. This is going to be so lit and so nerdy. Yes. But we had to. We had to. We have to break it up because again, <laughs> One of our topics for an upcoming episode is going to be what I mentioned earlier, plus another heavy topic. So yeah, this is great. Let's do it. What are we? Yeah. About? What do you? Where do you want to start? We um, I don't know. I have so many. Like, okay, I don't know. I feel like um, Harry Potter is like one of the things that bonded us at the beginning of our friendship. Very true. Okay. Um, because we were like the only people who were like obsessed with Harry Potter in the way that we were. <laughs> I'm dancing right now. I guess. <laughs> just like nerding out over Harry Potter like I remember I think I like made a reference of something and you were like oh my gosh girl what I was just like yes because you know what people act like they like Harry Potter but there's a difference Mm -mm. between Harry Potter and it just kind of being I don't know just a part of your childhood in a different way I don't know there's 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 a difference between liking things and being obsessive and nerdy about things and like I don't know how to not be obsessive and nerdy about things that I like I currently have like multiple Harry Potter books with throughout my apartment um like given to me as gifts for Christmas listen wands and my (laughs) series you have books about wands yeah my I need to borrow them every wand that's like mentioned in the Harry Potter movie series they give you like analysis about it so I know the wand the inch the like special yeah and that's like everybody's wand I see nerds nerd I have I've read (laughs) a couple of you know 
what was it that Ron that little cute thing that he's like bippity boppity oh yeah like the little books that um like the stories that they read to him yeah. Beetle and the Bard yeah yeah my mom gave me those I have the the animal book that the movies are about Grindel Grindelwald mm-hmm. the one that what's his name wrote I should be way better at this I'm just like <laughs> not really hard right now but anyway I have a tattoo on my neck that I got at the college Maya and I met at in a dorm room because a sorority sister's boyfriend wanted to tattoo a bunch of people. Uh, honestly it's a good tattoo though it is for 40 bucks and like I don't know less than 30 minutes I have a lightning bolt and Harry's glasses on the back of my neck and it's still a conversation started to this day I should probably get it touched up just so people really still know like what it is but yeah Yeah. so yeah you guys we really like (laughs) um yeah so my uncle used to work at Random House Publishing Uh when I was growing up like and we lived on the east coast and like legit every time a book would come out he would get us like the actual like paperback of the book and he would also get us the audiobooks so that when we were like driving all the time because we would drive from like New Jersey to New York to visit family and like we also had an aunt in Tennessee so we would always listen to Harry Potter so we had like we still have all the audios and like every single book we have the um the cursed child and we have a couple of the illustrated novels those are really cool you would like those I have read Cursed Child. I don't have the illustrated novels. I I think my parents have my hardcovers still actually in their house, if I'm not mistaken. I think I only have Sorcerer's Stone. And I lost my best friend's copy of it, and she already replaced it. But I want to get all the hardcovers. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just... Yeah, over time, like, I was looking into the Game of Thrones books, actually, so I could just have all of them, because I knew that would force me to actually sit down. And, and read them. Through all the books. And now they're coming out actually with a Game of Thrones book about the TV series. Oh. Weekly writer who covered it like the entire time it was on TV. Mm-hmm. It's just like his complete analysis about like D&D starting with George R.R. and just like how literally everything happened for the TV show. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. I Ooh, that's that pretty cool. Show, I, the book, I feel like I, have, I want a Game of Thrones notebook so I can just write stuff <laughs> down. Yeah, I have, I feel like Game of Thrones and Harry Potter for me was like opposite. Like Harry Potter, I read all the books, like while the movies were coming out. So it was kind of like the books first and then the movies, right? And Game of Thrones, like I watched the TV show as it came out, which I definitely should, shouldn't have because I was way too young when that show first started. Um, So you actually waited like when it was coming out? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I started watching that show when I was in high school. Yeah. Cause it came out what, like 2010? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, I didn't watch it. My dad was watching it, and then he, like, stopped watching it, I think, after Ned, and then... I think I think the same thing with my dad. I actually used to watch that show with my best friend's dad, because yeah. my best friend is super gay and, like, doesn't watch shows like that, and his dad is, like, he's just, like, a huge nerd, and so me and him always bond because me and his dad watch the same TV shows. Nice. So I used to watch it like, and I also have their, like my HBO is actually their family HBO. I'm just on it. (laughs) And that's called being a white ally. (laughs) You feel me? (laughs) I'm with my parents for everything. Thanks mom and dad. Um, (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about it. Okay. Yeah. Um, Harry Potter. So like the first book came out when I was like six years old. Okay. So I started reading, my mom tried to make us start reading at like three years old, um, because my older sister actually started reading. Yeah, we started reading really young, which is why we're nerds. Um, (laughs) Because once you start, then that like becomes your hobby. So when I was younger, my parents would actually like, their punishment for me when I would get in trouble was to like take away books. 
it'd be like you can't read anymore I was like damn interesting my mom never did that she probably should have because yeah. I grew up reading a lot of just like really I think a lot of people would think pretty dumb and they really were in hindsight when I look back at it now the books I was reading but like besides like the classics I read for school like I was just mm-hmm. obsessed with reading for school I read like you know I love series anything yeah me too to 20 books that were like quick little like 200 300 page books mm-hmm. I could go through in like a day if I really wanted to I read like all of Nancy Drew okay, I loved Nancy Drew have AR testing growing up was that a thing for you I don't think so okay so my school has this thing AR testing I don't know how many other kids can like kids adults were all <laughs> but I don't know how many people as kids can remember AR testing so basically what it was Maya I, I love that they did this because I am a competitive ass mf'er I know you are and as a child through my life that'll never change okay don't play Monopoly with me poker <laughs> anything it's over anyway so basically, Maya, you read a book, and then we went and took tests on our computers in the computer lab about them. And oh, you had points for we did do that. Okay, see, now your memories are seen. Yeah. So I was AR queen. I was always like first or second. I think the other person was this girl named Brittany Daw. Shout out, Brittany. I'm pretty freaking sure. Because me and her just, I don't know. I feel like I remember that. But anyway, from like first grade through like fifth grade, mm-hmm. the girl was like... I was that girl. I'm going to take these tests every time I finish a book. Yeah. So I read like all of Nancy Drew, you know, like all of series, unfortunate events, like any book you read for class was also going to be an AR book kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And then Harry Potter came out and I watched Sorcerer's Stone in the third grade with my dad. And we were both like, what the heck is this? This is incredible. Oh my God. We like this same movie. Boom. Because you guys, my dad tried to introduce me to Star Wars in the third grade, and I fell asleep. He took me out of class to go watch it, and I fell asleep. We're definitely going to talk about Star Wars in a future episode. <laughs> we are. So, so for a dad who had a daughter who, like, did not resonate with Star Wars, like, the fact that we bonded over Harry Potter was dope. So anyway, I watched Sorcerer's Stone, tried to take the AR test on the book, and realized, wait, there's a whole bunch of crap that's in this book that was not in that movie. Mm-hmm. So then I started reading Sorcerer's Stone in third grade, and ever since then... I just caught up and my mom never let me go to the midnight like campouts to get books and it broke my heart. I still hold it against her to this day. Oh, I definitely went to all of those. <laughs> yeah, and I had friends, like I remember I had this friend growing up in Texas who would always text me because they're two hours ahead. So he'd get the book at 10 o'clock my time. Oh, that's not even right. Then he would just race home and he'd read the whole book like before the sun would come up. Like, Oh, I used to do that. Yeah, and he would just always hit me up and be like, Cause my mom would be like, no, you have to wait until you're like out of school the next day. So like any kid at school whose parents were dope enough to like, let them go. were like showing it off at school. And I was just sitting there like, I have to wait to go to Barnes and Noble or Walden books, to pick up my book. Cause my mom, yeah. And I just brought this up to her and I was talking about it. I was like, you never let me go. And I was like being a brat about it. That's so funny. When the, when the last book came out, we were like in, it was in the middle of a summer, like one summer. And I remember like, we were all in camp. Okay. We used to go to this camp that was like at this Jewish school here in San Diego. Yeah. And like they, it's not like a normal summer camp. It's like a nerd camp. So basically like you take, okay, I took fencing one time. They have fencing. They had like cooking class. They had Latin class. Like it was just the nerdiest fucking place you could possibly think of. And so we used to go to this camp and like when the last book came out, we only got one copy between me and my sisters. And so I've. I borrowed the copy from my friend who had finished it 
And I finished the whole book in like a day. I just like sat in a room and read the whole thing. Cause I was like, I have to know how this ends. I've obviously reread it since then, like multiple times, but I had to read it in one day and I was super excited. And my sister reads it, but she was like, I don't want it to end. So she refused to read the last chapter. And we went the next day to camp and she heard someone talk about um, the Weasley twin dying. And she was like, some of us haven't finished the book. And like almost got into a fight with this Jewish kid at our camp. Like, oh man. You have to prepare yourself for these things. Seriously. And that's what it was for me because I knew, because people knew Caitlin can't go. So it's like, you know, you just got like nerds are mean to each other. Yeah, I was going to say, they probably just like bully you too. Nerds don't necessarily <laughs> like it when other people are mean to them but to each other for some reason I don't know what it is I don't know the same? I don't know anyway but yeah Harry Potter just a big part of both of our lives growing up like yeah said, for sure I got a tattoo for Harry Potter it's not gonna be my last one me and my best friend want to get Dobby's last words together what a beautiful place to be you're gonna make me cry right now it's <sighs> too no early way. in the morning no um <laughs> no I'm a cancer damn <laughs> And I haven't reread the books. I've only read them once through as a kid. And I Caitlin. Because it's just too important. <laughs> I've watched the movies so many times. I could tell you everything about the movies. But when it comes to the books, it's just like remembering that experience as a kid. Like I remember sitting in class in like the fifth to fourth grade next to a boy named Cody. And I can't remember his last name for the life of me, but he's this white kid with blonde hair. And we would have like Order of the Phoenix out together. And his mom would always pack him these like Costco size bags of goldfish because like kids, we would share them together though. No. And like, it was just this thing I remember about like, oh, we would read Harry Potter next to each other. And read and eat those. Goldfish. And then it was like Fuji apples. Like it was just weird. Like we would bring snacks to share. And mm-hmm. like all my friends read Harry Potter. You guys, Harry Potter is just really important. So I anyway. love Harry Potter. Yeah, when the first book came out, I feel like that was the first like real series that like got me started into reading more like complicated books. A lot of people, I think our age, I think that's really, really true. Yeah. And I remember when the her bag all right I know she's really problematic right now you guys and well I don't know but like honestly that woman's mind her and the thing that the thing that always like surprised me when I got to the end was like the fact that it was so well thought out that like it was gonna end that way and I was like well there's just no way that she didn't plan this whole thing because it all just like makes so much sense once you get to the very last book and I was like wow her mind But yeah, I remember the first movie came out like in the middle of the day, my dad like came and picked us up from school and we thought something bad happened because like I was like in first grade and like, it was just like a weird time. I was like, why is he taking me out of school? Like, did I do something? Whatever. I thought someone died and he was like, oh, I'm I'm taking you guys like to the movies, but you can't tell your mom. (laughs) So he like- yeah so he like took me and my older sister out of school to go watch Harry Potter like the first movie because he was like you guys can't shut up about this book so I'm gonna take you to go see this dumb movie and we all loved it and he claims to not love Harry Potter probably because we watch it so much um but he does he secretly loves it yeah my dad and I that was our thing like we would go watch Harry Potter every movie and like I said it wouldn't be the midnight movie my dad's like first thing Saturday morning we will be at that 9 10 a.m because like, no one's there yeah well for our town too like <laughs> i grew up in a small community we had like i don't know two movie theaters yeah like, for all i don't know 300 
thousand people like within the area to yeah. um and then on our military base you know when you're on a military base you get perks sometimes and it's watching movies for free before they come out for the public and i think we oh. all got to watch order of phoenix for free together as a community but the thing was was it was like a rough cut it really wasn't like the theatrical finish oh interesting you could see like uh mike like boom mics and places and like when you go and watch it now what? it's not there so we were like oh interesting we got like the bougie cut but it's all good whatever <laughs> we got to see it like a day before the rest of the world does mm-hmm. anyway. but yeah my dad and I bonded and then I think in high school we sat my mom down I think before I went off to college or maybe like one summer I was home for college we sat my mom down and she watched all of them with us we were so proud of her for doing that and committing we were like you're a real one welcome I mean that's a it's eight fucking movies like it's a lot of movies and it's a glorious thing I watched them all with my boyfriend and his roommate in college Sebastian and Andrew that was a fun experience really we actually all sat down had they never seen it I think I think like Andrew had seen like one or two of them but I don't think Sebastian had ever seen them and then I mean I'm not that surprised and I think they watched like one without me and I was devastated I was like oh my god he watched But like, no, seriously, it was like, I love Harry Potter. I've been talking about having a Harry Potter party for the longest time of just sitting down and picking a movie and then like playing trivia and just like, I don't know, having like a total, you know. We can do um, a Zoom party and do like drinking games with Harry Potter because there's so many. You know what? That would be so dope to do right now. Honestly, that's going to be my next little. But what else are we doing? Yeah. Um, But what's your, what's your favorite book and what's your favorite movie because I know they're going to be different oh, okay um shoot okay I can go first while you yeah, go. You go. <laughs> I'm dancing you guys I'm like freaking out <laughs> um my favorite book for the longest time was Goblet of Fire because that one okay first of all that one was the longest book so that's how you know I'm a real nerd I was like ooh, this like 600 page book like that book is fat yeah I remember reading that in the summer and I was like whoa like a tournament and like my mind was just blown but then the sixth book came out and Half-Blood Prince is by far my favorite book and okay all of the little like twists like Snape at the end being the Half-Blood Prince and like him kind of getting yeah and also that book was kind of like Harry kind of was starting to get into some darker shit and so it was very interesting to see like his character kind of like change a little bit because I think after Order of the Phoenix well actually after like Goblet of Fire and Order of the Phoenix like he had just seen a lot of death and like a lot of really horrible things and so like the sixth book was like pretty dark but then also like he has his first girlfriend and it's Ginny and so that was cute um so that one was was my favorite one because it was just like very different from all of the other books but then when the movies came out that is the worst movie I hated the Half-Blood Prince and I like always said it was because we saw the rough cut of it and then I saw it again like in the big movie theater with like the actual like yeah but that movie like I can't remember what director had that movie. It was a different director, I remember. Yeah, Chris Columbus did the first two, and then it was mm-hmm. someone else who, David Yates, no, is that a producer? I don't know. I'm saying David Yates. That might be one of the producers. I don't know. Anyway, Order of the Phoenix, I think universally for Harry Potter fans, like big, big fans, we all kind of agree Order of Phoenix, worst movie out of the whole bunch. Um, that, because the book, okay, so then do you have any more though to say about yours? Because that can- oh, my, oh yeah, my favorite movie is Goblet of Fire. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. 
Interesting. Okay. Um, I also, one summer, my sister made us watch Goblet of Fire, like, every single day. So I've seen that movie so many times, and it's honestly, it's a really good movie, and I didn't think they were going to do it as well as they did. Yeah. For, for, for everything that went into that movie. Yeah. I feel like they really stayed true. Because, like, that book is, that book is probably, like, one of the longer ones. Yeah, um, and Half-Blood Prince has a lot of like it's it's just as long and it has just as much content and they really fucked it up. I feel, I feel you. Okay, I feel you. Ooh, interesting. Okay, I didn't think that your favorite movie would be Goblet of Fire though. I don't know why, but I just didn't. I do my my second favorite is actually tied with um, the Prisoner of Azkaban. That's actually one of my favorites. Okay, I love Sirius Black. Yeah, me too. <laughs> okay, so that leads me into my answers because okay, I'll start with I'll start with movies. Um, because Prisoner of Azkaban is, I think, my favorite. The introduction of Sirius. It's the only Harry Potter story that does not revolve around Voldemort. It's literally about the puzzle pieces of Harry's life. We're starting to figure out why these things were happening and, like, what's to come. And you still don't really have any idea of what's to come, but it just Mm -hmm. gives you a little, like, window. I love Prisoner of Azkaban. I thought that was done really well. The whole Hermione time travel. I just feel like- Oh, all that storyline but I love that and her punching Malfoy best part right and just everything about that and then for another movie for me I really really just enjoyed Sorcerer's Stone I just think they did it really well to like start off I just was I remember just watching it as a kid and just being like what am I looking at like I'm literally Ah. watching on screen in front of my eyes and I just, I just will never forget that. And I always just rewatch Sorcerer's Stone and Prisoner of Azkaban if I'm like feeling bad and want to feel good. Mm-hmm. So that's for me for movies, for books. It's hard because they're all so good. They're all so good, but I really enjoyed Order of Phoenix because of the story. Because while yeah. it was very Voldemort heavy, again, it's puzzle pieces. This is finding out, you know, what the reason why Harry's parents and Lupin and Sirius mm-hmm. were doing with Neville. The revolutionaries, like. Yeah, like this is Dumbledore's freaking army, just like the kids, mm-hmm. you know, and just like everything that happened, like we were starting to mature, like everybody was getting older, like the little Cho chain crush after like Cedric dying thing, like. The fact, do you know how happy it made me that his crush was Asian? I, I felt so seen because no one ever had a crush on my Asian ass. That's like I love the fact that Jenny was with a black man. Like you go ahead with Oh uh, yes. Oh Dean, I used to think he was so cute in the movies. Yeah. And then when he was on How to Get Away with Murder, I was like, oh, my man. Someone finally put it together and I think I found out on Twitter and I was like, oh my God. And of course my mom like didn't get it because my dad didn't watch How to Get Away with Murder. So I was like, that guy's from Harry Potter. And she's mm-hmm. like, okay. But anyway. Um, okay, yeah. So book, Order of Phoenix, just phenomenal because of the story. Um, but my experience with Deathly Hallows, crying while you're reading a book. Oh, yeah. Actually, at a young age is a really, like, profound moment. Like, I remember crying during a Nicholas Sparks book and, like, calling my mom and being like, I'm upset. I put the book down six hours ago and, like, I am not well. Yeah. Like, it's a story have your moment but like you gotta move on like you know and for me like Hedwig was the biggest shock I think to my like nervous system at the like oh, yeah. battle it's intense you're reading you just want to get to the next page because you just know more and more is happening and then like that moment hits you and then just like mad eye hits you and you're just like what the fuck is going on and then mm-hmm. just like when Dobby goes, you're like, I don't know what's happening. You're like, why? And you know, there's going to be major death in that. You know, it's the final. Yeah. Show, 
but the people she takes from you like I love that it was it's so unexpected and somehow hits you like in a way that you didn't think because you're like it's not even like main characters either yeah it's like all these other characters that like really added so much more to the story like the Weasley twins were my favorite part of the series and they're not even in it that much it's like they're in there like a couple times each book but they do something like so funny and so like the Weasley twins I think they knew the gym they had with Mm -hmm. the actors and I knew that they like anyway I just yeah Deathly Hallows and Order of Phoenix book and I know that like it's like corny to say like the final book, but I just it like tying things not at all me with like this intricate of a story. Mm-hmm. Like the way Snape goes out, and like when you're in his memories and you're realizing like all these things, and you're just like, no, 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 no. And then you're just like, I sobbed for Snape. And I was like, this man that I've spent all these years, all of these years, just like despising and mm-hmm. like knowing he was you know he's he was Ramsey Bolton before there was Ramsey Bolton you feel me like I feel okay like, no <laughs> uh, I mean look before we got all these little puzzle pieces I have never hated a human being more than Ramsey Bolton that I, I don't even want to consider him a man like I don't know what that thing is but Snape was never I I I had like really mixed I still have really mixed feelings about Snape because like Yes, I understand. Like, he obviously had some trauma and, you know, like, not no one's perfect. People make mistakes. But, like, but the fact that he decided to, like, bully the shit out of a kid for something his parents did, like, that will never sit well with me. And not even parents. Like, you're in love with my mom still to this day. Your freaking Patronus is the same freaking one as hers to this day. And you can't just, like take me under your wing and like take care of me and not be an asshole about it why don't you just sit me down like a grown freaking adult you are teacher hello and especially after everything harry went through it's like if if you can have that kind of conversation with any kid it's this kid if you're gonna protect malfoy and make the unbreakable vow but not give harry the same respect all those years and literally be you know what i'm saying like yeah like f your freaking slytherin ties bro like honestly so yeah so definitely hollows for me you guys for the book just big deal but mm-hmm. yeah, fine but yeah so that's great okay we talked about that do well and also tying that in I think Harry's birthday isn't it July 31st yes so JK Rowling's gonna apologize for another character she killed <laughs> off I will be looking forward to that I'm looking forward to that in just a few short days <laughs> coming up soon um, um oh so speaking of JK Rowling I wanted to tie this back into like current day happenings not just because she's problematic but also like I don't know as a kid you don't notice like how different your imagination is and for me when I was whenever I would read books for the most part like if it was like Harry Potter where the where the characters were only like slightly physically described like I would always see them as like me like I would always like imagine the characters to kind of like look like me and think like me because obviously like you want your your imagination is like a reflection of you right so like I never really I guess I didn't even really think of them as being like British either because like in my head when I read like I read in an American accent so I never read in like a British voice or anything so they didn't even like register in my brain as like white British people so then when the movies came out I was like Oh, interesting. Like, it was really good. The casting was great. Um, I obviously love Emma Watson, like, would marry her. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think 
Harry Potter might be one of those movies to be talked about with like great casting. Like yeah. when you think about the totality of the entire thing of who they got for each character, I really do think, yeah, definitely in the conversation. Yeah. But I always thought, I actually always thought of Hermione as looking like Latina. Like okay. I always thought, because when they talk about like her hair and stuff, it would always make me think of like my older sister. Cause she has like really long, really thick curly hair mm-hmm. and like, it's really pretty, but it's also like very unruly. Yeah. Like it's just, I mean, that's just how curly hair is in general. And I didn't have curly hair until I was older. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. Cause my hair was straight. Well, honestly, my whole life, it, like, mm-hmm. it wasn't pressed. It was in braids. So I mean, yeah. for me, like curly hair was an anomaly. Cause my mom didn't really have curly hair. I never just really saw it. I don't know. Like our hair was just always straight. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know what I thought about Hermione when I was reading it. I just yeah, I thought that she looked like my sister because like she also acted like her. So in my head, she looked like her. Like she yeah. was like tan and had like super crazy curly hair and was like a huge overpossessive nerd. I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> Which is literally my sister. Oh my god. Yeah, I yeah, definitely. I get what you're saying. I don't know. I I think I was like you. I think reading the books well, see, for me, because I saw the movie first. So for me, I think my experience was because oh. I already was able to put faces to characters. Mm-hmm. I kind of really like that. Like, I got to do that with, um, like, Twilight. I got to do that with, like, Fifty Shades of Grey. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, yeah, Twilight. I to read a book first, and then the movie came out, but then the books weren't quite done yet. So then mm-hmm. by the time we finished, I was able to put people to these. Whereas normally, like, all the Nicholas Spark books I read besides The Notebook, I had like the movies haven't come out yet yeah so yeah I don't know I just yeah I feel you but yeah because I think it's interesting that like JK Rowling has gone back and said like oh well like you don't know what race these people are and like you don't know um yeah like what their sexuality is and all this stuff and I was like you don't have to try that hard like you could literally just leave it up to everyone's imagination like these are people who have grown up with these books yeah, I don't know if it was, like, the pressure to just, like, label things or what, but I kind of thought she was just kind of leaving it, like, ambiguous just for us to, like, you know. You- well, I had hoped she would have left it ambiguous, but then, like, she didn't. Then she started, like, saying, oh, like, these people are gay and, like, this person is Black. And I'm like, you should you should have just left it. Like, your stories were great. The movies were great. You should have just left it how it was. Yeah, because, like, when you when you caught up in books compared to, because, you know, you caught up in books pretty quickly before the movies would come out. And, yeah. You know. So, yeah, I feel you, because, like, I don't think, I don't think I was expecting, like, Gilderoy Lockhart to be the actor they chose. But then when I saw yeah. him, it makes perfect sense, you know? No, I think the casting was great. I just, like, yeah. didn't imagine those people to look that way when I was reading it as a little kid. Yeah, for sure. I feel you. That's, yeah, it's an interesting perspective. Yeah. Okay, Just so like, are we gonna talk about the elephant in the room? Do you know what house you're in? Oh. <laughs> because I have a weird story about my house experience. So I'm assuming you know what house you're in. I think that I would be a Gryffindor, and I know everyone says that, uh-huh. but if you know me at all, I'm like a very passionate person. I'm like super intense, and I'm very, very, very loyal. <laughs> when Pottermore first came out and I took the sorting hat quiz, I was Ravenclaw and I was like, ooh, dope. Like, see that for you? I'm here for it. So my mom bought me a Ravenclaw shirt and I was just like, Ravenclaw, Ravenclaw. And then JK was like, haha, joke's on you. We actually like revamped the sorting hat quiz. So you kind of got to like go in and do Oh, did they make a new one? Yeah. So they had like redone it, kind of adjusted some questions in the algorithm. 
because they had like completely revamped Pottermore to just like catch up with the tech times. And like, that was like when you could like have your own adventure on Pottermore and you had to like click through the story to like get I'm about out. to take this quiz right fucking now. No, yeah. Please continue. So now I'm a Gryffindor and I'm like, oh, okay, makes sense still. But I was really like surprised because I couldn't remember my answers from like, I don't know, two, three, four years prior. So anyway, I guess if you want to be stupid with it, I could say I'm like a Ravenclaw sun with like a <laughs> with a Gryffindor rising like I don't know I'll just call myself a because du- whatever I don't know but yeah and then I always laugh at that because when people talk about their houses I told Maya like a while ago I was so offended at this meme I saw uh what is this generation after millennials called Gen Z Gen Z feelings about Gen Z but we'll talk about that soon so there's this meme though where it was like a bunch of Gen Z's complaining about millennials and like half of the complaints were like Harry Potter's not a personality and like no one cares what house you're in. It's not a Zodiac sign. So that's why I laugh because literally I'm like asking like about the house and like wording it like that. I feel personally offended. Seriously, because, and well, I guess this kind of like will slide over to just like the Game of Thrones fandom, but like the Harry Potter fandom was the game, like a Game of Thrones fandom before it was a Game of Thrones fandom. Mm -hmm. There was a Game of Thrones book fandom well before there was a Game of Thrones TV fandom. So it's like, that had that but like for Harry Potter it was kind of the same like it was low-key until Sorcerer's Stone but then I feel like there was this huge rush of people that did what I did you like watch Sorcerer's Stone as a child and then you just went out and read every book you possibly could you know as you waited for movies to come out and then waited for books to come out so I don't know anyway I just get mad because listen that shit was my life okay okay but to their point and I I think that people made generalizations about millennials based off of really annoying white millennials. Yes, it's not. And like, I'm sorry that they don't have, they only can, okay, here's the thing about white people. Let's get ready. They take one aspect of something that they like and they turn that into their whole personality because white people are really good at marketing. Yeah, they are. Pumpkin spice lattes would not be what they are without white no, women. They're really great. They're really great at marketing, but they can, they can only they only know how to like one thing. So like people like food, which like who doesn't like food? Hello. We my my people invented spice, Maji. Like spice, yo. So like they they're like oh like I'm a foodie like I'm a food blogger and they turn it into like this whole personality of like I like avocados um and so like that's my whole personality or or they like Harry Potter and they're like oh my gosh I'm such a nerd like I love Harry Potter and I'm like I like literally all of those things and on top of that I have my own fucking personality so like please don't put all millennials into this category because you've met annoying white millennials that's all I gotta say on that you know, because then it's like people, I don't know, it's funny. The the thing that's been happening to me lately is like people see my tattoo and they're like, okay, whatever, this girl likes Harry Potter. <laughs> and then it's like, it might come up in random conversation. And like, I, I don't turn my nerd meter on, like, unless I have to, you know, it's yeah. kind of the same thing with football. Like, I'll talk about what I know when someone challenges me, but like, I just, I don't know. Anyway, and then people come to my house and they see like my Harry Potter books and they're like, oh. Like you, like you like it like that <laughs> I'm like um, <laughs> yeah um I I'm literate thank you yeah I'm still reading through them even as an adult like I want to get through all of them but anyway Harry Potter's fantastic have you been to the Universal Studios Harry Potter park no and I don't even want to talk about it because I'm really upset I'm sorry because I probably won't be able to go for like five more years 
Yeah, I senior year when I went on my Wheel of Fortune trip to Florida. <laughs> whole plan to take like two days in our trip to drive from Pensacola to Orlando so we could go to the parks the park had just opened like I think yeah I want to go to the one in Florida I'd rather go to that one than the one here and then we got rained out we were like we could still go but we don't know how many rides are going to be open we don't know yeah that happened to me the last time I went to Disney World Oh, that sucks. I hate it. See, when I, the last time I was in Disney World, um, I was reading Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets because it was Aww. fourth grade. It was after Sorcerer's Stone came out, I was in third grade. And then in fourth grade, we went to our family trip mm-hmm. and I was reading and I remember having nightmares reading the spider scene. <gasps> and it was like, we went to, we went before, like the week before Christmas or two weeks before Christmas. So it was like all holiday decorations and no one's there. Mm-hmm. Pro tip, when everything opens back up, if you want to go to an amusement theme park, go two weeks before Christmas, like right when the decorations hit, let people like get that fury out of them and then go like that following week before it's like a major, yeah. no one's there. People want to wait and go like on certain days, you know, whatever. Anyway. Yeah. So I was reading that, but anyway, I really want to do the Orlando one because mm-hmm. the freaking Hogwarts express from Diagon Alley to Hogsmeade. Yeah. It's like, look, the LA one is really cute. It definitely, you know, it, it, it handles its business. I'm not impressed by anything in LA. Let me tell you, my <laughs> uncle, <laughs> my uncle lives in Florida. And as a kid, like though I had only ever been to Disney World and then we moved to California and I was like, Disneyland is trash. This castle, that ain't even a castle. That's like a, that's like a little, like I could build that with a Lego, like. <laughs> okay, wait, wait. Whose castle is it at Disney World? Is that Sleeping Beauty's castle? I thought it was Cinderella. So was the one at Disneyland Sleeping Beauty's castle? Or is that Cinderella? I have I have no idea. I different. Listen, I didn't fuck with princesses. My favorite I Disney movie was right Jungle there. Book. I think I think Disney World is Cinderella. That shit is interactive. If you guys have never been to Disney World and Listen. inside Cinderella's castle at Magic Kingdom, it's interactive. You can like no comparison get your makeup done and buy outfits you can there's a hotel up there for like the honeymoon suite that like a room you can stay like yeah they they did that with well that. the thing about disney world too is that they have like 10 different parks right magic kingdom and animal kingdom and- animal kingdom are you kidding me i know i had a lot of <laughs> i really enjoyed epcot i loved epcot and people shit on epcot yeah that rock and roll like roller coaster they have was dope um epcot is super cool all the names everywhere i don't know i thoroughly enjoyed like my experience at disney world with my parents i would love to go back my parents live in florida but disney world is so freaking expensive universal is so expensive i think one day to go because universal made it where you have to buy islands of adventure and a universal studios ticket in order to see both harry potter parks so i think like oh yeah we're right disneyland is sleeping beauty Okay, and Disneyland. Listen, listen to this. Sleeping Beauty's castle at Disneyland is 77 feet tall, while Cinderella's castle in Disney World is 189 feet tall. They were like, listen, this is, come on, I want to go to Disneyland Paris and Japan. Me too. Okay, so my best, my best friend works at Disneyland. Wait, stop. We're talking about Harry Potter and Game of Thrones. Oh, right. Our time right now. Anyway, no, I haven't been to Harry Potter World. Yeah. Um, because in California, it's super, well, I would pay for it, but the thing is like, um, it's been so crowded since it first opened. Oh, hell yeah. And so I just don't want to, I didn't want to go within like the first couple of years that it was open because I was like, I can wait. Like I've been in Harry Potter world in my head, my entire life. So I can wait a couple more years. 
Um, but then Corona happened. So now I'm just going to like make it a point to for sure go to Florida within the next year and visit my cousins and hopefully go at some point soon. Yeah. My favorite Tex-Mex restaurant in Dallas is actually in Orlando. And so every time I fly in, we go eat there. And I'm just like, one of these days we're going to eat here and then go spend the day. Yes. So must. I live my Harry Potter life. My parents actually surprised me. I think my 24th or 23rd birthday, I can't remember. And they're like, just come for the weekend. And I was like, all right. And they weren't telling me much. And I was like, we plan out our weekends. Like I know yeah. what, I'm gonna eat, what day, who I'm going to see. Like I'm, I plan my stuff out. And they just weren't saying anything. And I was in my head, I just knew. I just felt it in my spirit. I was like, they're taking me to freaking Harry Potter world. <laughs> but I didn't want to know it because if they didn't, I knew I was going to be crushed. Yep. Year old kid in me was her heart was going to break and I knew it wasn't going to be their fault. And so they picked me from the airport and I'm wearing my Hogwarts University t shirt under my cardigan so that they can't see. You're I'm so like, annoying. Yeah, I, was like, I was like, let me manifest this shit, okay? Put the vibes out. Putting it out. And so then, and my parents don't notice. I don't know how they didn't notice. I, I think I put on a sweatshirt and then took the sweatshirt off in the backseat and put a cardigan on and they were just like, but my dad is out of navigation on. And I don't think my dad thought that I was going to be focusing on the navigation. And boy, was that man wrong. Like, <laughs> and so I'm like seeing where we're going and I'm noticing we're staying in LA and I'm like, Oh, but then I'm like, well, maybe we're going to Roscoe's. That's what I thought. I was like, we're just mm. going to Roscoe's and we're not even going to go. And then my dad turns it off once we hit a certain point on the freeway, but I already know exactly where we are. Listen, I've been to LA enough times in my mm-hmm. life. I knew where we were at a certain point. So then my parents were like, oh God, we can't really hold it in anymore. Like, do you know where we're going? I was like, are we going to Universal Studios? And they were like, what? And then my mom was like, oh my God. So then I was like, turn around. And they saw my shirt and they were just like, you're annoying. I was like, yeah. <laughs> That's my Harry Potter story for Harry Potter world of how I got there. Okay, okay well, one. My mom was like, you're an eight-year-old kid. And I was like, yeah, exactly. Literally. I love Universal Studios, by the way, because let it's me tell amazing. you, $40. I used to, we used to have year passes. Yeah. Um, so when they built Harry Potter World, I was like, oh, they're they're so iconic for doing this. I can't even, I love Universal so for I that. I started cheerleading in middle school. I performed in the amphitheater they had to knock down to build Harry Potter World. And that for me was like a very personal, like I was wow. so for performing there because I, I saw Wango Tango there, like mm. before I performed there. And I was like, this is so dope. Like Usher was on the <laughs> stage. And then they tore it down to make Harry Potter World. And I was like, sacrifices have to be made. <laughs> That's how I knew my love. Listen, someone's got to do it. It'll never be there anymore, but I have that memory. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, what else can we talk about with Harry Potter? I have, I have one last thing I want to ask. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever, did you read Harry Potter fan fiction? And don't lie. Not until I think like, and I, oh God. Okay. How old was that? <laughs> because I don't know how I stumbled upon it. I'm sure it was Tumblr. Uh, yeah oh mine was definitely from tumblr yeah and I'm sure someone showed us a scene or something and I was like what the hell is this and then I think I actually had to google fan fiction and like what it was and I was like oh people do this because I knew people did it with twilight but I don't think I knew about the harry potter world of fan fiction so Mm -hmm. then I think I ended up reading a story where like Draco and Hermione like get together and have sex and I think I was like oh my god this is what this is like people are putting like there were like okay I never read those I read like the alternate universe ones though oh, girl, see that's what I'm talking about see tumblr will fuck you up see I don't even know so yeah no I yeah tumblr tumblr was like Pornhub before Pornhub oh, even yeah, existed see, I have no idea what you're talking about then educate me bring it on <laughs> 
they used to have like i can't even remember what site i used to go on anymore but they used to have like random like alternate universe stories and you know i'm like a huge sci-fi nerd so i'm into this whole like you know there's like levels and like multiverses and things like that because i'm like obsessed with marvel too um and so when I found out that they had that, I was like, what are the possibilities for Harry Potter? Maybe Harry wasn't stupid. Maybe Hermione was in charge. So they have like all these different stories and like different people ending up together and they're really well written. And I don't know who writes these, but like normal people like us who yeah. to write. And like- well, I was asking because you, you like writing. And so I was like, maybe she used to like read them and like was okay. into that because she's a little writer. No, I literally, the writing thing didn't even start until college. It was always just like digesting, digesting, digesting. And then mm. being like, I want to do this. Like, I know I could make a badass book because I just read all the books. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, definitely. I need, I don't know. But yeah, I was, that's what I'm saying. My Tumblr experience of fan fiction was like <laughs> all sex related. And it was like, Jenny and Ron get together. And I'm like, you people are sick. What? Like, like this was incest before I knew what Game of Thrones incest was. It was before I even knew who the Lannisters existed, you guys. I was oh, probably no. like a freshman in college, like sitting in my room, like scrolling through, like, oh my God, what is happening right now? Okay, so let's, so speaking of incest, let's get into Game of Thrones now. Let's do it. I'm excited. Because okay. like Game of Thrones, I like, I don't even know. I used to actually skip through a lot of Game of Thrones um because some of the content in there is like a little too much for me like the incest scenes I always those used to make me super uncomfortable I was like what is wrong with these people and so like my sister always gives me shit for watching that show and I understand why because like it's really problematic um it's super misogynistic um there's a lot of rape um there's like underage like yeah which is which is people's like argument all the time but I still like have a problem with like just because something happened like if you continue to like portray the same thing in every single show and movie then like that's all people think about and so it's like perpetuated this whole like culture because every single piece of media that we have is like that so I, I do understand and I and I probably would never be able to watch it again because I'm like much more sensitive to content like that now Mm -hmm. Um, but like the storyline of like, because I love like sci-fi and like dragon stuff and things like that. So like Daenerys' story in particular, I was so happy when Khal Drogo died. I was like, that guy is straight up a child, like sex trafficker slash rapist. Um, so I was happy when he died and I was really happy when she like comes out of the fire with her dragons. I was like, that's badass. This is my new favorite character. Um, and when she tells her brother off, cause he was a dick. Um, so I, I did like that aspect of the story and I was always rooting for her to like come and take over. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later on when she becomes crazy and like super controlling, I'm like, man, power always gets to these people's heads. Someone put Natalie Emmanuel in charge of the whole motherfucking land. Ah. Um, please, like she is the only person, her and what's the guy, um, the leader of her army? yeah like they should have just ruled together I don't know who keeps on putting these white people in charge they're all crazy and they all have like one bloodline yeah um so yeah so there was there was certain parts of like the story that I really liked like in the first three seasons Daenerys's story like really got to me was like female empowerment dragons a whole army of eunuchs like that's what's up um (laughs) so I really like that and then like I always loved Jon Snow. I think Kit Harrington is like super cute, even though he's like the same height as me. It doesn't matter. 
I love a short king. Um, <laughs> and so I did, I did really like him and I liked him like finally like finding his power again. And I love Sansa's like character development. So there's a lot of like aspects of Game of Thrones that are really well done. Yes. Um, but like, you could just like, you could, I could just feel the white male writers in each episode as it like progressed. I was like, it just gets like worse and worse each season. So like the first three seasons are definitely really good. And then after that, like, I really only watched it because I wanted to see how it ended and I refused to read the books. Yeah. Okay. I feel you. Okay. So like my experience with Game of Thrones is like super awkward and weird. And I know people would like, like true Game of Thrones fans would hate me if they heard this, but I found, I think I was watching like a late night host and they were showing people reaction videos. Mm -hmm. So if you guys don't know, there's an entire world of YouTube called reaction videos. Oh, that's my favorite. Yes, they watch things, but you're watching them watch things. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was a kid in high school, I think they finally made a TV show where it was like different families watching certain TV shows on a couch and you like went to their living rooms for like different, so it was like Scandal Reaction, Grey's Anatomy, like, and it was just like all these different shows that America watched Mm -hmm. and it was the funnest thing. So anyway, that's why I like it because I I grew up on that show and I just thought it was so interesting to watch people watch stuff that I watched and just see how many things- common with people you know it's just this universal thing whatever so anyway so then I just deep dived on YouTube for days on end and I was like watching people watch reaction videos so then there's like compilations of reaction Mm -hmm. videos and that's what hooked me so then I was like okay I'm watching these Game of Thrones reactions these things are crazy and I was like what's this story about so then I think I found a channel and I watched someone watch Game of Thrones for the first time with them my boyfriend was like, what are you doing? <laughs> show? And I was like, no, because I knew that I probably wouldn't be able to handle Game of Thrones. My dad had always- It's intense. Me, it's intense. My dad was like, there's incest, there's rape, like there's just killing left and right. Um, and like I said earlier, like my dad had watched it and I think he kind of like was hesitant to like do it after Ned because he was like, what are they doing? Like, how is Ned Stark? This is what's happening. And then like the Red Wedding happens. I think he felt like a lot of the world did when they didn't know that it was coming, that they were like- Oh, I did this show like they literally don't care about anyone's storyline kind of a thing um and I think it took him a while I think he picked it back up I think when season five was airing Mm -hmm. um on tv and he caught up and then he had watched it you know live with everybody else so I knew just from what he told me I would always ask him can I watch it do you think I can handle it he's like you'll just you'll get used to it there's no truer thing for any pussy in the world than like watching game of thrones and covering your face for the first Mm -hmm. And then by like season two or three, you're just like, kill him. Like, what are you doing? Why are you taking so long? Like, why are we playing nice? Like Joffrey, I was like, I've never wanted anyone to die so badly. Right. Like, take your sword out, decapitate him, throw him away. Like, it's fine. So that's kind of my experience. So once season seven had already aired and it was like that huge year wait from season seven to season eight, where the whole world was just like holding their breath, waiting for the final season, I finally decided to watch all of it not all of it I still cheated I only watched season six to seven what because I really Those are like the worst seasons oh my god okay so we'll, we'll get into that because I have very different opinions than the rest of the world so I still cheated because I really wanted to watch the battle of the bastards and so I cheated and watched season six because I knew about John like because that's when uh-huh. John's storyline were like everybody was like what John Snow he's in the snow literally oh my god 
traitor. That was so dope. yeah. And then <laughs> so then I watched I love that, that part. Watched season eight with everyone live, lived my best life, felt so a part of this community of Game of Thrones fans as the whole world was screaming. We were all like, what the hell is happening with season eight? This was not what we thought it was going to be. And then just recently with quarantine, as soon as it hit, I sat down and watched the entire Game of Thrones season one through eight. And I fell, I re-fell in love with the story. I was like, this world is psychotic. George R. R. Martin literally must take acid every day in order to continue the story. Knowing how intricate the books are and how he definitely used to do LSD in the show, I was like, "This guy is insane!" Right? Mm -hmm. Because honestly, just the whole thought process, like the Lannisters and Baratheons with the Starks and the freaking like, I just I can't. It's beautiful. It's tragic. It's insane. I don't know. And I think I understand season eight so much more where they went wrong. Season eight should have been a traditional 10 episodes. Mm -hmm. They could have explained Daenerys' storyline so much freaking better if they just had three or four more episodes to get us there. While I think people understand it, if you just understand the Targaryen lineage, like just the mad queen king. I mean, it happened to her dad. It happened to Viserys. They literally kept preaching that Rhaegar, right? Rhaegar? Rhaegar, yeah. That's the only, like, pleasant Targaryen since, like, kings before, you know, when it was, like, finally peaceful after a while. Mm-hmm. The king's name at the moment. But, yeah, anyway. And then, I don't know. I'm a Stark fan. I don't know about you. I don't know what your favorite house is. I was definitely rooting for the Starks to, like, you know, and I think it's beautiful that- I the youngest love Stark. Arya Stark. Arya was a badass. Watching her- and I love her. I love like the girl that plays her as well. She's Maisie hilarious. Fantastic. I love Maisie Williams and Sophie Turner. I'm obsessed with them. Yeah. I don't think I've been like interested in celebrities' lives like I have like this since I was in like elementary school back in like, <laughs> magazine hype, you know, when you're like yeah. 14 posters on your wall for like celebrities and crap. Mm-hmm. Because I literally am like, oh my God, Sophie Turner's pregnant. The Queen of the North is having her heir. Like, oh my freaking God, it's happening. And people are like, you're stupid. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> her and Maisie's life like Maisie Williams hot ones episode is one of my favorite ever oh yes me too I just feel like me and her would be I feel like me her and Sophie could sit and drink champagne talking hella shit and living our best freaking life girl you're so crazy run the streets of London together getting fucked up at the bars and just like you know they're for sure a good time I would definitely want to hang out I don't know about Sophie Turner like I don't know if I'm fully sold on her like she seems cool but also like uh I, I think I think Macy Williams is more more of my type. But yeah. No, so yeah, I for, I almost forgot about Arya. Arya's storyline is also one of the best ones. The whole Stark clan. Yeah, I was always a Stark fan. The oldest and the youngest died because the oldest mm-hmm. was trying to avenge his dad and the youngest was always going to be that final heir that like you had to worry about. So I mean, it makes sense to me. Jon Snow's ending is bullshit. Like that should yeah. have gone so many other ways. I feel like in my mind, personally, that's how I feel about it. I don't understand it at all, honestly. <laughs> like, the fact that the- I don't understand any of the last season, to be honest. And like, I probably, like, I don't know if I'll, I don't know if I'll ever rewatch it. I watched it as it was coming out and I I really it. recommend you should. I'm gonna, <laughs> I really think, honestly, but you, okay, but you said you liked the first three seasons and like- yeah. So for me personally, I feel like seasons one through six were fantastic. 
I really do. I just I think like one through five, probably. I could people say like once the books end, like the show just goes downhill because mm-hmm. they were just writing off of the little pieces of the puzzle they knew from George. Yeah. And then just their own imagination of how they were trying to finish it. So I get it. But like I said, I wasn't someone who watched it when it was on air. Like I have already seen like all these things happening in a weird way. So mm-hmm. I think that's why I also view it this way. Yeah. I just I think I just really enjoy season six because you see Ramsey die. Battle oh, of the that's true. Really was like a fantastic episode. Um, Aria with um the phrase, I mean, hello, like that shit alone. The best opening to a TV show, honestly, since probably like an office cold open with like Dwight and Jim fucking around. Because like seriously, like you were like, holy crap, that's how they started the episode. Like it was Yes. Oh, it was so good. And I think I like season seven because it's like Daenerys showing up to Dragonstone. I love that episode Dragonstone, like where you see Arya finish the job, Mm -hmm. like you see, you know, like John and Sansa like doing their thing. And because in season seven, Littlefinger dies. Like that's just beautiful for me. Oh yeah. He was such a creep. Littlefinger was the actor who played him did a fantastic job honestly but yeah okay I want you to think about your three favorite Game of Thrones characters <gasps> how could you do that to me <laughs> Arya's for sure my favorite okay Arya Stark she's my favorite character who else did I really like um Brienne yes Brienne of Tarth sir. and Marjorie Marjorie was a badass. She really was. I liked only the women. I only watched that show because all of the women were fantastic. Ooh, I have a guy on my list. Oh, yeah, no, I loved Marjorie and I was really upset with what happened with her Um, because I really... It's crazy. Well, and, and I also like, I loved their whole family Um, because they were very like, they, they were like that family that is like super different because... They they remind me of like Jada and Will, and like the like this like their whole family of like the kids are like very free and open and fluid and like the parents are kind of just like also the same way and they just like let each other kind of like flourish. Um, and so I was hoping that she would like come in and kind of like change Joffrey. Like I honestly was like maybe like the storyline will change if they're able to take over. And of course Cersei like is fucking psycho, so she never let that happen. I mean, yeah, those are my three faves. The shittiest stick, I think, of the houses in it regards did. to, because House Tyrell had always been that house to like support, you know, whoever was in King's Landing. Mm-hmm. So it's just like I don't know. Cersei just Cersei knows how to fuck everything up, man. You know, she really does. Okay, so you're Arya, Brienne, and Marjorie. Those are your top three. Yeah. Um. I also like. Uh. Who's the guy that's best friends with? Jamie. Braun. I love Braun. Okay. He just has the same sense of humor as me. Yeah, Braun. <laughs> fantastic. Um, I totally get that. Braun's the the lines they wrote for Braun, they knew what they were doing. I think with the actor that they had, like mm-hmm. they knew that he was just going to deliver them exactly how they needed to be delivered. Yeah. I definitely see that. I liked him. And like Tyrion also is obviously like a good character, but like yeah. eh, he was just like he got very problematic for me towards Yeah, the- he got super problematic, and so I wasn't really into it after that. But he's funny. But yeah. he's definitely not, like, I wouldn't consider him, like, a top three fave. He was definitely a character, I think, that people, like, unknowingly rooted for just because of how Tywin and Cersei treated him. You're yeah. like, 
you really are going to treat like the one person in your family with a deformity this way, like a fucking course. But like, you know, you've got to remember the times that they're trying to, yeah. make to which also like, that's still very realistic. Like people still do that shit. So Hell yeah, just because there are shows on TLC about it doesn't mean that people are okay with it. Yeah. So, okay. So those are yours. Okay. I'm a Sansa stan because I love her journey of like being super pissed off with her for the first few seasons. Hate her. Little girl. Yeah. And realizing when she realizes like, oh, look at your environment, use your woman's intuition, just like everyone around you is claiming they're using for themselves. And I just really appreciate her growth. Yeah, she did have really good growth. And like her character arc, it's the Sansa Stark had the character arc that Daenerys Targaryen deserved. Thank you. I think maybe that's why I resonate with her so much because I'm like, it really was a beautiful and because just like not only enduring Joffrey and his bullshit, like not only seeing your dad beheaded in front of you, like Arya didn't have to look because homie from the North or the Night's Watch like Mm -hmm. made her close her eyes. But like Sansa passes out, has to deal with fucking Joffrey, doesn't know if she's going to live or die, has to marry fucking Tyrion. Thank God Tyrion doesn't touch her and just like, like, and then like you get, you run away and think everything's fine until Littlefinger's a dumbass sells you you off. Sins of all people. Like, and then- like, I'm surprised that they really allowed her character to never be pregnant with Ramsey's kid. I don't know how she got away with that. I don't know how her body, like, if she was just in so much turmoil and stress, she probably allow her body to, like, relax enough to let that happen. But yeah, anyway, Sansa. Um, I she did have a great character arc. Great I agree. Arc. I love Brienne of Tarth. I love her. Like, Brienne was great. Um, honorary, before I give you my last one, because he is a man. My honorary favorite character was Liana Mormont, badass bitch. Like for a little Oh yeah. Ran shit. The way she died, like the tiniest character with like the most like bravado in the room. Yeah. It was a motherfucking giant, the exact same place Juan Juan got taken out by bitch ass Ramsey. Like how freaking poetic. Like she was about us. Messed up a lot in that final season, but they still found little ways to mm-hmm. do like poetic shit where you're just like, oh, okay, thank you for that. <laughs> Um, so she's an honorary, but Davos Seaworth, rewatching it. Oh, that's I, a good, okay. That's an acceptable male character to like. I, I like it. I thoroughly enjoyed Davos's journey. I love that he was always like, I'm not a good fighter. I just smuggle things. Yeah. And like, you know, I don't know. I just, yeah. He's Davos. a good one. He was very loyal to Stannis. He was trying to get in Stannis' head, like this red woman. He also like never got distracted. Like he was about the cause and he didn't let anybody like change his mind. Like his values and his morals were always the same. He always had like one goal in mind. And I think of the entire series. I think that could adequately be like, if there was an award, I would give it to Davos because Ned's stint was so short. Like you couldn't tell Robert, honestly. So Ned's- journey I feel like was just crap man I was so mad when Ned died I was like my man from Lord of the Rings like he's gonna die in Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones yeah I never I was so upset so that's another journey I have to go on oh I also watched Lord of the Rings in the theater as a kid like every time it came out with my uncles (laughs) I was just very appreciative that Lord of the Rings had the character they had who could take over for Dumbledore when our first sky I really liked the first guy. He was fantastic. Really sad. So old and like perfect Mm, for the character. He was perfect. Speaking of also, just shout out always to Professor McGonagall. Oh. Badass as she is. Lady Maggie Smith. What is she actually? Is she a dame? I think she's a dame. She is? 
Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's her contribution to the British arts for Harry Potter and Downton Abbey. The queen actually, like, gave her a, like, like, like she, a title. Yeah. Wow. I'm pretty sure she's Dame Maggie Smith. That's awesome. Fighting cancer and shooting Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows at the same time and then getting sick doing Downton Abbey and still being the badass that she was on that show. Fan-freaking-tastic. No, yeah, she's amazing. But yeah, so back to Game of Thrones. Okay, so then who is your favorite villain, Game of Thrones? <gasps> you gotta have one. <sighs> favorite villain. Everyone's Everyone's got one person they hate. They there's just them. so, there's also just so many, there's so many people in that show. <laughs> right, that's true. And I watched it when it came out, so like, I haven't re-watched it in a long time. Um, I'm trying to think. Who was my favorite villain? I think mine has to be Littlefinger. Ugh. Just because when it's I see just her, so ugh, gross. Just I think I realized. Yo, I know who it is. Who? Cersei. Oh, uh, Cersei is a bad. Cersei is the best villain on that show. Honestly, she is so messed up. I think I forgot about Cersei. You know, I don't know how you forget about Cersei talking about Game of Thrones because she's so fucking pivotal. Well, there's well, there's also a lot of like. It's not so much that there's a lot of villains in the show. It's just there's so many like politics and like underground happenings on the show that it's really actually hard to differentiate between like the people that are doing good and the people that are doing bad because like the lines get blurred so often. And I think that's why I like Littlefinger because I feel like he had a hand in multiple important conversations. Oh, he was involved in everything. You know, so like the fact that this man managed to have his hand in every cookie jar and no one really put it together, like people always suspected him, Mm -hmm. but no one ever acted on it until the Star Kids got together and Arya's like, this dude is fucking wild and you're a dumbass bitch for like, you know, like I don't, I wish we got to see the behind the scenes art kids like coming together and being like wait a minute something's not right yeah and he's always like the thing that ties everyone together yeah Cersei is by far my favorite because the thing about her was like you hate her but also the reason why she's so evil is I mean like she's just really loyal to her family so it's actually like kind of it's almost hard to hate her so much but you hate her so much yeah, because like everyone loves to say about her, you know, Cersei is the worst, but she loves her children to a fault. Like, you know. Also, she just didn't, for someone to not give a fuck that much and like make themselves the victim in every single instance, but be the mastermind behind all of the evil shit that happens. Like that's, I mean, it's incredible. It's awful. Favorite? She's she's horrendous, but like what a great villain. Baylor was on a whole nother level of like, that's the reason why I hate that I have the experience I had watching this because I wish I could have seen everything live and really yeah. not know what was going to happen next because I can only imagine everyone's feelings when they realize no she didn't and yeah like, yes she motherfucker and you're just seeing her drink that glass of wine smirking girl when I saw okay listen when I when I watched Game of Thrones I was the only person that I knew who was watching it at the time because I've been watching it since the beginning. And so like, I would sit in my living room every Sunday, like hella loyal. And I would just watch it by myself because none of my roommates or anything got into it until way later. 
So when that episode happened, I literally was FaceTiming like my sister or something because me and my family would FaceTime every Sunday night. So like I would watch Game of Thrones and then I would FaceTime them. And it was like, you guys, y'all don't even understand what just happened. But like that was, she like, I was like, she blew up the whole thing. And like, she was trapped there. And like the priest got her. And then she like went through the streets and they yelled shame at her. And then she like blows up the whole thing. And they were like, we don't know what you're talking about. Please, someone understand because (laughs) no seriously I totally get it like I thought people like when people were reading books growing up I never thought anything about it I just knew that this was a book series that people told me was like Harry Potter meets Lord of the Rings on steroids but like it's hella long ago and I was just like that sounds complicated I haven't even tackled Lord of the Rings I don't know if I ever will listen Lord of the Rings is one of the greatest trilogies ever written I love those books. I read them when I was like 10. Look at you. That's actually, no, seriously. I loved, well, I love like fantasy. So like, if you look through my parents' bookshelves and stuff and you see all the nerdy, like fantastical shit, it's all me. They're all my books. (laughs) Yeah. They're so good. I love Lord of the Rings. I, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'll ever read it. I definitely want to watch the movies. I don't know. I don't think I'll ever read them. I'm definitely going to read Game of Thrones. The movies are really good. Um, the first movie and the third, the third movie is the best movie. Okay. Um, the only thing about that is there's a huge, really creepy spider and I have arachnophobia, like really, really bad. Um, and I saw that in the movie theaters when I was eight, probably. Uh-huh. Um, and I was not okay after that for a really long time. <laughs> Yeah, so when I saw it's Chamber the best Secrets, movie. When I saw Chamber of Secrets, I was in the fourth grade, mm-hmm. and my dad and I got to the theater so late that we had to sit in the front row. <gasps> and watching that spider scene in the front row as a ten-year-old was so traumatic for me. I'm so sorry. I think it's why I have an issue with spiders now. Is literally because of Chamber of Secrets. I always had an issue with them, but that did not help. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think most of the time I was always the kid who, like, took off my shoe and, like, hit spiders, like, over the time. But, like, when they're in my own home, I freak out. When they're, like, out in public, I'm like, oh, whatever, it's fine. But, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, think about it. You, if you were in the fourth grade, I was in, like, second grade when I watched that. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. really – I've always been really scared of spiders. And it's not because, like, I'm I'm not really, like, a – like squirmy person around insects or anything okay. but like the fact that they have so many legs and so many eyes yeah I'm like uh, why you're like why <laughs> that's please terrifying please make this make sense because I really just don't know. Oh, even right now like talking about it I'm getting like shivers I you, girl I really okay do. let's um, let's okay. move on <laughs> well Game of Thrones I mean what else can we talk about I don't know I've just kind of I brought myself up late in it but I like to have spent so many hours on YouTube watching Game of Thrones reaction videos, watching interviews with the actors, watching mm-hmm. George and D&D and like, you know, watching their premieres of them just like taking pictures with fans. Like that's, I don't know. I got super caught up in like the fandom. Yeah. Of it all. Yeah. And I think that's why like I stuck with it for so long was because like I would watch it and I would always like, I never really had anybody that was watching it with me. So I'd always like go to the internet and like watch all these videos and like kind of get to know like the actors and stuff. And so I was really invested in like more than just the story, but like the people that were playing these characters too. And like their explanations of like, oh, you know, I felt like this character, like they know these characters so well. Hell yeah. And it's really interesting to see like actors 
so invested in a character that they could tell you like, oh, this person like did this and this in this episode because of like all these things. And you're like, oh, wow. Like I wouldn't have thought about that. Um, And so it's really interesting. Like I know that there's, I know that it's really problematic. And like, even now I'm almost like, I don't tell people that I used to be really into Game of Thrones (laughs) because I'm almost like the person that I am now is very different from the person I was when I was watching that show. Okay. And so it's almost like I see everything very differently, but I'm not, I'm not like ashamed that I watched it. Like it's a good show. It's really well made. Um, the character development over time is really good and there's a lot of problematic stuff, but if you go into it, like already deciding like, oh, it's problematic. Like it's all these horrible things happening. Then like, you're obviously never gonna, you know, get like the good things out of it. True. Yeah. Um, and also just skip through the stuff that you don't like, because I do that all the time because I can't watch, um, rape scenes, which they should not have at all to begin with like that's very triggering for any woman whether or not that's happened to you like we should not be forced to watch that and men also shouldn't be made to watch that either because like then they think that things like that are okay which is exactly what's wrong with everyone so I just don't think I think they should like redistribute the show and just like take out things like that and just keep like the really good parts of the story because there's so many good things in that story And for some reason, HBO always does this because, like, they're the home box office network that, like, they think that they can just put sex scenes in wherever they want, even when it makes no sense. And nothing makes me more upset. Yeah, they're like, people are going to watch it. People are going to love it more than they're going to hate it. And it's Yeah. And I already have, like, a very complicated relationship with, like, sex to begin with. So, like, that makes me very uncomfortable to see things like that on TV. And I also, like there's certain places where that is a part, like it adds to the story. Mm -hmm. Like when I'm watching stuff like Insecure and like when um, Issa and and Lawrence like start like hooking up again. Yeah. And like you see like the intimacy and like them just like doing it randomly like throughout. It's like that that adds to the story because it's like these two people that know each other so well that this is like a very easy thing for them to just like slip right back into. So that like adds to the story. But for them to just have like rape scenes in Game of Thrones that don't really have to do with the story, that bothers me a lot. And I unnecessary. I think that's why we only saw that one scene with Ramsey and Sansa. Oh, I skipped through that. I know that was like really, really bad for HBO's image and for the show's image. Then I think that's why, like, I don't know, because I'm like, you showed other girls getting raped. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't know. Game of Thrones, yeah. I mean, I've seen- Well, it's like, you don't, you don't really have to show it. Like, we know. Right. Like, you could just insinuate that's what's going on and we would be fine. Yeah, like, when when Cal Drogo marries Daenerys, like, she obviously didn't want to be in that marriage. She was, like, 13. Yeah. So, obviously, like, you know that that's going to happen, but, like, do we need to see it, like, I'm- cause people more trauma than they already have? Because I guess, because I guess what they did, because I remember Sophie Turner was like, I acted my ass off in that scene and they didn't even show you what I had to do for it. They just show freaking Alfie in the corner crying mm. like, while I'm over here, like going through this experience. And I was like, I didn't even think about it like that either. Because she felt like, she was like, you should have fucking showed it because she was like, what was the point of me, you know, kind of like having to exhibit that scene. Mm-hmm. If we're going to just cut away to how Theon felt watching me get raped. Like. Yeah, because everything's always about men. And that's the thing. The thing that I wish that they had done in all of these instances was like show how women respond and like people's reaction to them. I don't know if you've ever watched the show Unbelievable on Netflix. It's 
a very heavy show, but it's about like a real life case of this girl who like this guy breaks into her apartment and rapes her and she like goes to the police and they show like very in-depth exactly what it's like when you report a rape. And it is to the point where like they go and they like keep on questioning her to the point where she's like, oh, nothing happened. And this is a girl who's like basically been abused her whole life because she's been in like the foster care system. She doesn't really have a family. And so she doesn't really know where to turn. And she like kind of goes crazy a little bit because who wouldn't? No one believes her and they treat her horribly. But this is like real life. What And they don't, they don't show like graphic, like rape scenes, even though the whole entire show is about these cases. Instead, they show like the different ways that the, that the officers handled it, that the people at the hospital handled it, that like the community and like their support system handled it. In her case, she had, in the first girl's case, she had, like, two male officers. And so, like, the reaction is very different. And the second girl that it happens to, because it's, like, a serial rapist, okay. um, the second girl, she gets two female officers, and they're the ones that end up solving the case. Okay. Because they understand, and, like, the way that they talk to her is just so different. So I wish that, like, instead of showing, like, this violence that we don't need to see and, like, keep on perpetuating, they would have shown Daenerys talking about how she was uncomfortable and how, you know, other people maybe like brushed her off and were like, oh, you know, like you're married, so it doesn't count kind of thing. Because those are, that's really what happens. And she has a conversation with John where she's like, I've been raped and defiled. And and I remember she said that I was like, girl, who raped you? And then I was like, duh, Cal Drogo. Like it took her a while to like be like, no, I need to like take charge of this. Like if this is what's going to have to happen to me every night, then I need to be able to be the one in control of like, uh uh-uh. Yeah. Instead of just showing like, oh, I want to like be in love with my husband. Why don't you show like how she got to that point? And like, like it adds more to the character and also doesn't like unnecessarily trigger people. And like the way they did it is like, ooh, great. A girl on girl scene of like her little, you know, exactly. handmaiden girl writing her and showing her like how to do it. I was like, that's how, you know, but then it's like, then you turn around four seasons later and it's like, like five seasons later and it's like, boom, Sansa Ramsey. And it's just like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah, they should have just shown, like, because people don't believe in, like, um, marital rape, mm-hmm. which is, and in India, like, it's still not illegal. Oh, yeah. Um, and so it's just, like, they should show how, like, that is, like, that would have been talked about back in the day. Yeah. No, definitely. It's definitely, and, and that's the thing is people always are, you know, I've definitely seen a lot of arguments on the internet about, you you know, if you like that show, then you're for it. And it's like, no. That's not how it is. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who watch it who have a lot of issues watching certain scenes. Like you said, people who fast forward through who just got to get to the next part. Yeah. Like that's how I am. I would always like go through the episode first, so you know, you can- where you can like hover over it and kind of like see the scenes. And I would just like go to the scenes that I knew I could watch because like I don't want to watch also violent scenes. Like when people are fighting and stuff, they're meh. There's like a few of the. I remember in like one of the last seasons where they're like in the open field and they're fighting and Daenerys decides losing and then she comes in with the dragons yeah and then like they try to shoot the dragons and we realize that they're not invincible that's a great fighting scene yeah um but some of the other ones are just like why (laughs) I don't want to see people's like guts spilled everywhere all the time it's really disturbing people and it's just like yeah I mean I feel and that's what and that was my issue with even starting it because I yeah. knew I was really gonna like I remember I was binging and I watched like I don't know like five episodes back to back and like that's mm-hmm. a lot in the Game of Thrones world like these are hour-long episodes of nothing but 
like a little bit of words and a lot of action most of the time. And I remember I woke up screaming, fell off my bed, like critically bruised, like my body parts. My gosh. I remember my boyfriend being like, what? And I was like, I just remember like feeling like I was watching a scene of Game of Thrones, I think before I like came to. And like, that was my reaction was like just waking up and I like rolled in myself, like in a and couldn't get out. Yeah. And I was like, you <laughs> like it's a it's a heavy show. Yeah, I was literally like, and I was like, I can't watch this anymore before bed because my mind will still focus on it even long after the episodes ended, and mm-hmm. I can't. So yeah, yeah, that's why I liked watching it like when it was coming out because I would watch that like one episode. I would always talk to my family like right after, um, and then I would just like watch something else. Yeah, because they came out kind of late, I guess. Well, I maybe, maybe like the West Coast feed was a little bit earlier than it was for the uh, East Coast. Yeah, um, they, I think they used to air at like 10. Okay. And so I would watch it at like eight o'clock because mm-hmm. um, it would come out earlier here. I feel you. Yeah. No, but Game of Thrones is fantastic. I definitely do think the storyline and its entirety is a great piece. Mm-hmm. I want to just like, I just want like some women of color to just like rewrite it. And, like, keep all of the same, because, like, it's based off of books. So, like, I want them to just, like, keep the same, like, character development and stuff. But then just, like, you know, add those little touches that make it more, like, human and less misogynistic. It's literally only, <laughs> it's just the Dothraki, Unsullied, and Masande's people of Noth that you don't even see. And it's all, I mean, and they're all slaves. Like, if you're going to have an alternate universe, can we not be slaves? That'd be great. Well, and Dorne. No, that's how I was, you know, like they're literally like every time we're going to have a period piece, anyone who's brown is going to be. But like, it's a fantasy. So it's not a period piece. Yeah, like you can argue that all you yeah. want, but like, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> there's dragons. That automatically means like there's dragons, there's magic, there's sorcery, which I mean, technically, yeah, we still have some of those things, but yeah, I guess because I, it's I, not I, technically I, a period piece. Yeah, I guess I just remember, like, uh, seeing the interviews that George would do where he would be like, oh, I based this off of, like, you know, the Scots or, like, this battle, like, back in, you know, the war of whatever. And so I feel like, I forget, you know, he did really write it more as a fantasy than, like... Yeah, it's definitely more of a fantasy. But, like, white people don't know how to not make things, like, historical in the name of, like, just being racist. I feel like... (laughs) They're like, oh, yeah, but no, like, no, this no. is our, this is our history. And, like, and I'm like, not only are they slaves, but it's like, we demean you by cutting off your dicks and. Yeah. Which I mean, yeah, that probably, I mean, it, it happened all the time, but do they need to all be black? Like, do they, do we need to see that? Were they all black? The Unsullied? Yes. Huh. Literally all of them. And Miss Sunday, like literally all the slaves in that movie are black. And I'm like, you couldn't just have like one other than the people from Dorne, yeah. who were, like, ambiguous at best. Well, but they don't even have, but they were, you know, that skin tone because they're the most Southern and they got the most <laughs> Exactly. And it's played by, like, Pedro Pascal. Like, not even, like, he's not even, like, was, like a no brown, he's, he's, like, bare, he's, like, a tan Latino. I was, like, there was no, like, Latino instance at all. It's, like, they kind of, I don't even know what they intended to make you think about the Dornish people. but <laughs> They're Dominican. <laughs> I was like, I don't even know what ethnicity to like. They're just, them. they're just a bunch of things. They're just Dominican. I can't. Yeah. They're Caribbeans. <laughs> honestly, they live by. They the are. They're, they're, they're Islanders. They're very yeah. like. Hell yeah. Yeah. 
they love their wine you feel me that just sounds very caribbean you're right yeah those are my peeps so yeah i spend a lot of time re-watching game of thrones reaction videos instead of just putting on the episodes because i know if i start again i'll just get so caught up and i just feel like i can give my time to other things that I mm-hmm. <laughs> but i just i love it and same with harry potter like ever since I don't know ever since the beginning of Harry Potter like if I need something to watch or just like have something on in the background or just like make myself feel better I'm going to a Harry Potter movie first. it's like comfort food but like for your eyes yeah <laughs> like entertainment that I need I don't want to watch something and like people they're like well it's dramatic and I'm like yeah but like there's just so much story of like family and just like you know loyalty and compassion and friendship I think in Harry Potter yeah kind of just takes it for me I'm not really focusing on the Voldemort storyline I'm more focusing on no 100% I think like Harry Potter was the first thing that I really like understood that your family is chosen like you could have family but like at the end of the day the people that you like actually choose to have in your life are gonna have like just as much of an impact on you because like he really didn't have anyone but and he ended up having like so many people on his side like the Weasleys basically took him in even though they had like seven freaking kids which also I was like there's no way these people are white with seven kids living in that tiny house (laughs) hell yeah well I think well okay the only the only thing that indicated was like them being ginger but like in my head I actually I the only ginger people that I knew in high school were Indian See, and I thought it Which was, was really weird. <laughs> I thought it was weird because you know what I really thought it was? I thought that was JK's way of kind of like throwing the Irish in without making them Irish. Yeah. As like a national issue. You know exactly. Well, and that's what I was saying. Like before I was like, oh yeah, like none of these people even registered as British to me. Like I didn't know anything about the UK. I didn't know about like you know, Ireland and Scotland and things like that at the time. And so like in my brain, like I thought of them as like the Indian gingers that I knew. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, that totally makes sense because it's like 10 of them in a house. They're like, (laughs) they work off of like one income. The mom's like overbearing. Yeah, they're totally Indian. (laughs) I I see how you can see that for sure. I, that totally makes sense. I just, yeah, I just love it. I mean, I, I don't know. Harry Potter will always hold a special place in my heart. It's fantastic. We got to go to the theme parks and just like live our best life like a kid again. I know. I need I need coronavirus to calm down and people to get their shit together so we can spend 2021 like doing all the things we should have been doing this year. But yeah. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, then we then we'll just appreciate everything so much more. I wish that it didn't come at the cost of like people's lives, but I think it's teaching a lot of people like some valuable lessons. <laughs> And you know what sucks? I think that's how it always is. You know, a famine, mm-hmm. a tragedy, war. It's like lives have to be lost and like- To put things into perspective. Because clearly as humanity, we don't know what you've got till it's gone. Like, I don't understand why, you know, but then we look at police, you know, places like Yemen and places where they literally only know that for generations. Like mm-hmm. they don't know anything else. And I just can't even imagine like- I don't know why it's so hard for us to just appreciate and just like do the right thing when there's places over there who like they're not even worried about that because they've got so much other shit going on you feel mm-hmm. like that's like a true back burner issue because it's literally like you're just fighting for your life every day yeah so, exactly things to remember guys put things in perspective but then you always have comfort entertainment like harry potter and game of yeah Thrones. I, when you got it you know hey if you're mad at people i highly suggest turning on some game of thrones like <laughs> they're like head chopped off or like a building blown up or you know or watching some dragons light some shit on fire 
seriously, that is a great way to get out your anger and aggression instead of like sending that text or like writing that email or whatever. And then like I said, for Harry Potter, you just want to feel good, man. Throw some Harry Potter on. Yeah. And I want to know what people are watching like during quarantine. If people are like rewatching shit. So my next one, me and my sister are rewatching Glee. You are too. Yes. Right. Um, that and I wish I never would have started because <laughs> I, I'm like in it now and I'm like halfway through and now I feel like I just have to finish. exactly and like there's there's so much problematic shit that we can talk about from Glee but it's a really like that show is really great and the music is fantastic um so I've been rewatching that and I sent my sister a text yesterday of um where to watch Degrassi oh uh, yeah that's my next one one of my free channels on my tv shows Degrassi the next generation <sighs> 24 7 i have a streaming so tv i watched drake die and i was like damn memories but, um, <laughs> yeah i guess because i'm thinking like what have i watched currently in quarantine before we end this i've watched the west wing fully which was fantastic mm, west wing is a good show um, west wing is a really good show especially if it just wants to give you hope in politics like west wings and it's always relevant to what's actually going on mm-hmm. in America, surprisingly um what else I watch? Oh, well, we watched all of Marvel before the quarantine hit. Like, oh, nice. Before it hit, we tackled all 23, I think it is. Movies. Dang. Yeah, my sister and her husband have been re-watching um, all the, well, I think there's a few that they haven't watched, but they watched all the Marvel movies. Yeah. What else have I watched? Um, I've watched Game of Thrones in its entirety. I think I watched a stint of Gossip Girl because that's just like a horrible guilty <laughs> my teenage years that I can't let go I watched um Indian matchmaker mm. um because obviously like I had to me and me and my sister and my dad watched it together um and from that already it's very it's very problematic because Indians are very problematic and yes. um say everything like everything is an excuse in the name of the culture um so it's really interesting to watch oh, yeah. um I also watched this Spanish show which translates to the house of flowers um that shows really good um because it's kind of like it's kind of like dark humor and like the people are kind of like it's just it, it's a lot of like twists and turns you don't expect um so that one was really good I'm re-watching The Good Place oh my gosh I want to do that because I just watched it the one time and it was such a pleasant experience for me because I binged the first two seasons before the final third season came out mm-hmm. and that was fantastic yeah I watched The Office of course because I'm an I can't. I haven't been watching The Office. I've been doing like um, New Girl and Parks and Rec. I want to watch New Girl because I never finished it. And I remember oh, you have to, yeah. it when it first came on TV. The show's so good. When it first came to college. Um, yeah, The Office I'm rewatching because of the Office Ladies podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and now the actor that plays Kevin, Brian Bumgarner, he's doing his own podcast on Spotify. Oh, nice. So I'm like, yeah. And you know, whatever, it's always on the back burner. Yeah, it's always like one of those shows you just rewatch all the time. I, I did rewatch all of Insecure before the final lap. Oh, lap. yeah. That was a very pleasant experience because I definitely forgot um, things that happened in that show that I was like, oh, snap, mm-hmm. that's why we got here again. I'm trying to think of like what else I watched because there was stuff, there was new stuff that I watched. Oh, oh my gosh, I watched Steven Universe. <laughs> it's literally, it's a cartoon, it's on Hulu. And also HBO Max or something like that. I can't remember. I was really pissed because it, there's Steven Universe, which is like five seasons, I think, uh-huh. um, of just the cartoon, like the regular original Steven Universe. And then there's Steven Universe Future, which like just came out like in 2019, I believe. And it's like a separate series that's like a follow-up of him like older. But this show is so good. Like it's about this kid who grows up in like this little seaside town 
and he doesn't know his mom and he is like part of like this group like this extraterrestrial group basically called the crystal gems um and each one has like a place in society based off of the gem that they are um and it's really interesting like it's just a very interesting it's like about imperialism and like colonization without being explicitly about that and it's also about like this kid who like goes through all this stuff and like in steven universe future he like hasn't there's an episode where he starts like growing too big and like too small and like weird things are happening to him and he goes like to his best friend's mom who's a doctor and like she's like oh like did you have a lot of trauma as a child because it's like manifesting now in like all these different ways and it talks about how like all of the stuff that he goes through in Steven Universe is like you would think it's just like a normal like cartoon whatever mm-hmm. and you like brush it off but then like they talk about him having trauma from like all the stuff that he had to do in the original show and it's just super interesting because if you watch stuff like that as an adult you're like this is so like relevant and it's so good relatable um, understand it and it makes yeah, sense. yeah I love that show it's really good but yeah it's a cartoon <laughs> hey there's nothing wrong with that but I was just gonna say something when you said that because you were talking oh because he uh, was gay um queer eye I've been a bunch of queer eye oh One oh day. I've been I've been watching pose too I finally finished the third season yeah you said that um, gotta watch I it up to my friends that you were talking about pose and they were like oh pose is kind of intense and I was like oh okay interesting now I'm like pose is about like trans yeah people and well it's really about like queer people of color in New York City in like the 70s okay um so depending on who you talk to, some people will be like, yeah, I love that show. I'm obsessed with it. And then some people will be like, oh, it's so intense. Because it is intense. But it's also, like, very relatable and realistic. Um, I love it. The characters are really good. Um, it has, like, all of the history of ballroom culture, which is essentially what drag stole from and, like, became mainstream. Okay. Because, like, Madonna and, like, white people kind of just, like, took over drag. Um but it's, like, the original, like, history of, like, how all of that really, like, started. Nice. Because it was really, like, an underground, like, group that people, like, queer people of color would be a part of because they didn't have anywhere else to go. Right. So it's really good. Uh, well, guys, TV, we love it. It's <laughs> of your time, if you have the time to watch it. Definitely, you know, yeah. someone who just spends all day I've definitely succumbed to that, you know, definitely have to have moments where I'm like, go read a book, listen to some music, like, especially during quarantine, it's easy to like, you kind of want to, there's some days where you get so overwhelmed, you're like, I kind of just want to like watch TV all day. Yeah, I found myself using it as background noise, Mm -hmm. um, I'm noticing, which is why I'll put on stuff that I've already seen before so that I focus on it all the time. I do that. Um, so yeah, but we really just, you know, wanted to give a little break of our nerdiness with Harry Potter and Game of Thrones and what we love about it and what we didn't like. And, you know, cause we talk about some important stuff and we're going to keep doing that for our next few episodes, but yeah. yeah but we're definitely going to throw in one of these like every once in a while, because it's also a good break for us. There's so many like intense yeah. things happening. And I literally woke up today feeling really overwhelmed because I just feel like there's a lot going on. Like every yeah. Portland currently yeah I'm still waiting for the federal government for the next stimulus package that's coming out Mm -hmm. so I can figure out how I can live my life for these next few weeks like Black Lives Matter has never stopped it won't ever stop like we're just got so much stuff going on and I just feel like you know I try to post my own stuff as like a reprieve and then I just feel really personally guilty about like not advocating more and then to tell myself that it's not my job to advocate for everybody else but then Mm -hmm. give resources so it's a whole bunch of bundles of you know 
Yeah, it's always like, are we doing enough? And like, how much can you really do during a pandemic? Because some of us like have underlying health conditions and don't feel safe, like going outside or just have anxiety and still like, don't feel safe going outside. Yeah. And I'm trying to use this time to educate myself, I think more instead Mm -hmm. of like being someone who is giving out resources. I think I'm trying to take this time for myself to just read about things I feel like I should have already known about and kind of educate myself on, on what really is going mm-hmm. on and like what it's going to actually take to get stuff moving in the direction it needs to go. Cause I'm really glad that you said that too. Cause I realized yesterday I was like looking through um, a few people's pages for like, there's a lot of like online networking and like social networking, like for creatives kind of stuff like going on and I never take part in those things and a lot of the time it's always me like educating other people then I always had a really hard time like finding someone to like mentor me or like feeling like there's someone who like is invested in my future and my goals and so I really like realized literally yes like last night I was like I need to find a group where like I'm not always the one educating everybody like I want people to educate me yes Yeah. And that's how I feel. Cause I'm just like, you know, just because I have a lot of diverse people as my like following on my social media platforms, doesn't mean it's my job to keep giving them the resources that they can Mm -hmm. find themselves. Yeah. Because if you keep on doing that, then you never learn. And then you just like know the things that you know, and you should always like on both sides, we all need to like constantly be learning and teaching. Exactly. And on that note of... (laughs) We're out of here, you guys. Thank you so much. And we'll be back. Talk to you guys soon. Bye.